The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. We are so glad to have you with us today. We are in uh, part seven of this series uh, called Unshakable, uh, and next Sunday is the last Sunday of it. Um, I want you to uh, do me a favor. Everybody turn around and look back there toward the corner. You can see 180 shoeboxes uh, from Operation, uh, for Operation Christmas Child. We did that on Friday night, and we're just so excited to see uh, where God is going to direct all those shoeboxes to children all around the world. And we, when we get the little notification back, we'll let you know uh, where this year's boxes uh, happen to land and what a difference I know they're going to make in the lives of a lot of children. Uh, today, I want us to talk about uh, the storm of financial stress, financial problems. I know that affects nobody in this room, right? Absolutely not. Um, you know, it, it, we joke because if there is an area today in people's lives where they feel uh, shaken, uh, where, they, where they're hurting and frustrated, even fighting about, even uh, destroying marriages, uh, it's money. Uh, it's their finances. Uh, the world that we live in today, it is an absolute financial mess. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. In fact, it would be easy for me uh, to stand up here and just give you uh, statistic after statistic proving just how much of a mess our country is in. Um, I don't think that's necessary anymore. And, and I've done that before, but I don't think I really have to. Uh, we all have heard the statistics. Uh, we know what a mess we're in. I, I actually believe that we even know some of the answers. You know, it, it's some of the basic stuff that we've heard, many things that, that I've preached on uh, over the years for sure. You know, live within our means, uh, stop buying stuff we can't afford, get on a budget, you know, save for a rainy day, work hard, like all that stuff. It's, it's almost like physical fitness, right? And I've, I've definitely been on a journey this year in that area, but that's one of those things where we kind of know what to do but, you know, putting it into practice. And so we know the basics of, you know, eat less, eat healthy, exercise, get rest, drink water. Like we know, we know that, but then doing it is a whole nother thing. And I think the same is true with our finances and money. We know the basics, but it's just the discipline, the commitment to do it. Now, I've preached about those things many, many times. But what I want to do today is go a little bit different direction um, I want to make sure you have a sure foundation. I want to make sure you have a strong foundation. Because ultimately, that's really what this series is all about. It's, you know, the reality is, again, we, we're all going to go through storms. And we've talked about you know, all those different storms, or not all of them, but a lot of them in this series. Um, it's not that we're not going to go through a storm. You're going to go through it. But what's important is that you're standing on the right foundation. You know, remember at the very beginning of the series, we shared that passage in Matthew where Jesus said, you know, the wise, a foolish man built his house on the sand, and then a wise man built his house on the rock. And the man who built his house on the sand, when the storm came, you know, he was devastated. Uh, the, his house crumbled. He fell. But it was the person who built his house on the rock that stood strong. And so the point of the series has been, you know, whose foundation are you building on? What is the foundation of your life? Because... We're all going to go through storms. And I think that we can actually withstand any storm that life throws our way if, if we have a strong foundation. Now, some people freak out uh, when pastors and churches uh, talk about money because a lot of people believe that the only thing the church wants is your what? Is your money. Um, 
it doesn't freak me out to talk about money. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't shy away from it. I actually think that this ought to be the place where we talk about money, we talk about the biblical principles of managing our finances. Why? Why, why, should, why should we be okay with talking about that kind of stuff here? Well, I think the answer is because we've got the answers. You know, God's way works. You know, the world's way is not working. I mean, I think we should all, you know, I think we probably should all be in agreement on that one. And, and so I think the church ought to be the the place, I think it ought to be a safe place where we can talk about all the stuff of life, money, uh, sex, marriage, parenting, you know, all the things, all the issues in life that we face. Why? Why should we be able to talk about that here? Well, again, because God's way works. It just does in every area of your life. It works. And, and so, you know, whether you can, so again, you can either build your life, and you can, you have that choice to build your life on the sinking, shifting sand of this culture and this world and the world's way and the world's way of doing things and doing life and doing money. Or you can build your life on the rock-solid, sure, never-changing foundation of the Word of God and His way. And I tell you, His way works. So that's what I want us to talk about today. I want to I build a strong foundation. So what does the Bible say? What does God say about, about money? Well, the Bible says an awful lot about money, believe it or not. In fact, Jesus taught more on money and stuff and possessions than prayer and you know, almost anything else that he talked about. The Bible actually teaches that the way you and I handle our finances handle our money, determines in large part how God is going to use and bless your life. Uh, If you don't manage your money well, if you're not responsible with your finances, the Bible teaches that God is not going to be able to entrust you with the responsibility of more important spiritual blessings. In fact, Jesus put it this way in Luke 16, 11. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? You see, the issue about money and about handling your finances um, is a lot bigger than you and I simply getting out of debt or saving for the future, turning your finances around. It's bigger than that. Okay? In fact, I would argue that if that's your only motivation, if your motivation is simply to handle your money so you can get a bigger piece of the American dream, then that's shifting sand. That's not a good enough uh, motivation. You see, it is a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual thing. Now, the foundation of all financial principles centers around something called Stewardship. Stewardship. Kind of a biblical word, a theological word. Webster defines it like this. It says, stewardship is the responsibility of managing someone else's assets, affairs, or property. Stewardship is you and I managing something that's not our own. Now, the key word in that definition for stewardship that I want you to get today, if you don't get anything else, I want you to get this. Stewardship is management. Management. 
Now, to understand stewardship, to lay a strong foundation for finances and money and stuff and things and all of that, you've got to actually go way, 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 way back. All the way back to the very beginning of time, the first book in the Bible, the first chapter, the first verse. Genesis 1.1. It says this, In the beginning, who? God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the first principle of stewardship is that God owns everything. Okay? Very basic, but very foundational. God owns everything. He owns every plant, every rock, every animal, every person, everything. Okay? Psalm 24, 1. The earth is whose? The Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. You, me, we are the Lord's. We belong to him. So God owns everything right? He owns you. He owns me. He owns this property. He owns the building on the buildings on the property. He owns everything because he made it and he sustains it. So my next question is, okay, well, then why did God make man? You know, why are you here? Why am I here? Well, if you continue reading the creation story, you find out verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every, over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then in chapter 2, verse 15, he continues, Then the Lord, took, uh, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it, uh, to keep it. So why did God make us? What's our purpose? Well, the Bible says that God made man to be uh, the caretaker of the world, to be the manager, to be the steward of all the resources, all the things that God created. So that's principle number two. Principle number one is God owns everything. Principle number two is you and I were made to manage what God owns. We were made to manage the resources that God put on the earth. So God's very first command um, is stewardship. In a sense, God, God is saying, listen, I created everything. I made the raw materials, the resources, the earth, and everything in it. I am the owner. You are my managers. Now go out and make something of it. Now, that sounds great. But we mess things up. And you know how we do that? You know what our basic problem is? Pretty soon, we start acting and thinking and behaving like we're the owners and not the manager. And then we selfishly use words and terms like mine, my stuff, my life, my time, my money, my resources, my abilities. Ownership. God said, I'm putting you on this earth and you get to use and manage the world, all the stuff. Now, you get to enjoy it, and that's, that's important to remember, right? God has blessed us to be a blessing. He, he's given us things to enjoy, but he says, don't forget, I own it because I made it and I sustain it. And I think, you know, and sometimes in life, I think we get that principle, right? That, you know, the ultimate control in a business ultimately resides with the owner of the business, not the manager. You know, again, we get to use it, work it, fill it, care for it, but God owns it. That's the basic principle of stewardship. That, by the way, is why it's so sad and so foolish 
if you make your number one goal in life simply the acquisition of more stuff. Because it won't last. It is just on loan to you for a very short period of time. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you're going to be here on this earth for, you know, 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years. And sure, you get to use his stuff, you get to enjoy it, you get to manage it, but guess what? Then everybody in this room, you're all going to what? Die. And then you're going to go on into eternity, and guess what's going to happen to all your stuff? God's going to loan it to somebody else. You don't own anything. It is all on loan to you, and then after we die, God passes it on to somebody else. You've all heard the old expression, right? You know, you can't take it, what? With you, right? We, we know the old joke. You never see, you know, a, a hearse uh, carrying a U-Haul, right? I mean, why? Because that's true. You cannot take it with you. It is all on loan. Now, the Bible teaches that God actually has delegated some authority to us, some responsibility to us. He made us in his image. He puts us on the earth, and he says, I provide the raw materials. Now, make the most of it. Leverage it. Use it. Make the most of your life. Make the most of your time. Make the most of your gifts and your abilities and your resources. Make, you know, make the most of everything that I have blessed you with. You see, we're the managers, and stewardship, really, when you get right down to it, it's all about partnership with God. He's the owner, and we're his managers. Now, if you and I could really get that concept, if we would understand it, let it sink into our minds and to our hearts, that God owns it all, and he's just put us here to, to manage all of his stuff so that we could further his purposes and his kingdom, man, it would change your life. It would change your perspective on why you do what you do and, and where God has placed you and where you fit in that plan. By the way, there are some enormous benefits in wise stewardship. And I want to talk about those. There are immediate benefits to your life, but then there are also some future benefits. I believe, and I believe the Bible teaches this, that your joy in this world, your happiness, your satisfaction, in, in large part, is in proportion to your faithful stewardship of all the things that God has given you. And your understanding that it's all his and that you're in, you know, his sovereign plan. And in other words, the better steward you are with all of that, the greater your satisfaction, the greater your happiness. Let me explain. Let's say God's given you a talent and he has everybody in this room. You've all got gifts and talents and abilities. Let's say you don't make the most of them. What happens? You're unfulfilled. Okay, what about this one? God gives you wealth. He gives you money. He gives you resources. And when you and I misuse it, when we don't you know, handle our finances according to his way and to his word, what happens? We go into debt. creates a lot of worry and anxiety and tension. God's given you every day of your life. Everybody take a deep breath. That was a gift from God. The next breath you breathe, it's a gift from God. So God's given you your life and your time, 
And if you don't manage it well, if you don't recognize that my life is a gift from God, and if you waste it, what's going to happen? You'll feel pressure. You'll feel unsatisfied. You'll feel defeated. You'll feel like a failure. You see, in every area of life, if you mismanage what God has entrusted to your care, your children. Remember we had baby dedication not too long ago during the series, and what did we say? Our children ultimately are a gift from God. You're, you're, you're not the owner. You just get to manage them for a very short period of time. And if you don't manage them according to God's way and God's plan, what happens? It produces negative results. Now on the positive side, wow, when we are wise managers, when, when God gives us things to manage and, and, and at the same time, you know, as we get to manage them, you know what else happens? We get to enjoy it. We get to use it. And then God, our Heavenly Father, gets tremendous joy in watching His children enjoy the very things that He created. He made it. We manage it. We get to enjoy it. And then God gets great pleasure in watching us. Now, not only that, the Bible teaches that the more faithful we are in managing all of His stuff, the more that He will bless us with, the more He will trust us. In fact, the greater we're found faithful in being a wise manager of everything that He's given us, the more we are blessed. Matthew 25, listen to this. Jesus said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share my master's happiness. You see, there's also future benefits. The Bible teaches, you ready for this? That our rewards in heaven, our rewards in eternity. Now, I'm not talking about your salvation. That only comes through faith in Christ and him and him alone. But our rewards, they are based on how we manage everything that God has given us. Faithful in a few things here on earth, God says you'll be entrusted with more in eternity. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says that, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And then in Revelation it says, Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he's done. Now, you see, in a sense, your life right now that you're living, it's just a trial run for eternity. It's kind of a trial run for greater rewards and greater responsibility and greater joy. And God is looking at us and he's saying, listen, you've been faithful with what you've had on earth. You've been faithful with your time, your talents, your finances, all these areas of your life. And now I want to give you more. You say, well, okay, Pastor Chris, that sounds great. So what am I to be a steward of then? I mean, if God made me to be a manager, to be a steward, to take care of everything, if God made me to do all these things, what specifically are you talking about? Well, here's the answer. The answer is you're to be a steward of absolutely everything. Everything that God has entrusted to you. Let's talk about it. Okay? Has God given us planet Earth? You know, the environment that we live in. Now, you see, taking care of the environment... You know, that's not a, 
a conservative issue or a liberal issue, you know, d- Democrat, Republican. No, it's a biblical issue. It's just stewardship. God owns the earth. He gives it to us, and we're supposed to be good stewards of it. Okay, let me ask you a question. Did God give you your physical body? Something I've been reminded of this year? Yes, of course he did. And so part of stewardship involves physical fitness, nutrition, eating good, exercising, drinking water. It involves that because we want to manage what God has given us. Did God give you every single minute of your day? Yes. So how are you managing that? Did God give you your money, your material possessions? If you understand that, if you believe that, then you know that stewardship then involves money management. Let me ask you this. Did God give you the position of leadership that you hold, the position of influence that you have in the community, at your job, in, in your workplace? Then stewardship involves using your influence for good, leveraging it for the kingdom. What about this? What's the greatest gift that God ever gave anyone? The gift of salvation through Jesus. You know, we're coming to Christmas, right? It's all about the birth of his son, Jesus, the gift of salvation. So stewardship involves our understanding, our responsibility of sharing the good news with the world around us. You see, Coastal, listen to me. I'm not talking about a trivial issue here today. This is a major, major thing. This is foundational. It is the reason that you were created. It was the reason you were put on this earth to be the manager of everything that God has given you, to to, to leverage what you do and what you have and and, and where you're at and where you live, to to manage it, to leverage it for his kingdom. And it started all the way in Genesis 1-1, and you find it all the way through the Bible. It is a foundational, basic principle of life. It's something you've got to understand. And so managing your money is is not just about getting out of debt and saving for the future and so you can get your piece of the American dream. No. If that's the only thing you think managing your money is about, you've missed it. It's understanding the very reason for which God made you. It involves managing every area of your life. My time, my money, my family, my children, my home, my business, my friends, my relationships. Every area of your life comes under this concept of stewardship. So why are we talking about this today? Because if you're in the middle of a storm and you don't get this concept, you know, it's possible that you could end up the end of this week, the end of this month, or this year, or worse yet, the end of your life, having felt like you've wasted it. You say, well, wait a second, Pastor Chris, you haven't even said anything about giving yet, about tithing. You know what tithing is? Tithing is simply a reminder. That's all it is. When, When we give back to God, when we give back to Him a tithe, And tithe means 10%. You know, 10% of your gross income. When when we give back 10% of our income to God in gratitude, it's simply just a reminder of everything that we have came from God in the first place. Let Let me share something with you. 
God doesn't own 10% of your income. You know how much he owns? All of it. He just lets you live on 90% of it. 10% is a reminder of where it all came from in the first place. So what God is saying here is, I just want you to remember, I don't want you to ever forget that you wouldn't have anything. If it weren't for me, you'd lose it all overnight. You say, whoa, whoa, wait a second. It was my ideas that got me where I am today. It was my creativity. Who gave you your mind? Well, I got everything I have in my life because I've, I've worked for it. Yeah, you're a self-made man. You know the problem with a self-made man is? You end up worshiping your maker. I did it all. Listen, if it weren't for God, you wouldn't even got out of bed this morning. That breath you are breathing, it is, it is from him. If he took his hand of blessing off your life, you, you wouldn't have anything. Who gave you the ability you have to work in the first place? God says, I just never want you to forget that I'm the source. Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18 says this, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. That sounds pretty contemporary, doesn't it? Sounds like the world that we live in. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the ability to produce wealth. You know, simply put, if you live in America, you are a part of the richest people on the face of the planet. And God has blessed you to be a blessing. He just simply says, I don't want you to forget that it's me that gave you the ability. And I get great pleasure in watching you do a good job with it. But don't ever forget, I'm the owner. Look at Deuteronomy 14, uh, 22 through 23. It says this, Be sure to set aside a tithe of all your fields that they produce every year. Now why? Look at verse 23. What does it say? The purpose of tithing is to teach you Always to put God first in your life. That's the purpose of it. I mean, we don't give to help out God. I mean, is God poor? Does God have to depend on your tithing to make it? Is he on welfare? Maybe we've got to subsidize him and uh, we've got to pay rent on heaven. You know, no, God doesn't need our giving. We give for our benefit. It's a reminder that God is the one who blesses us. And if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have anything. The purpose of tithing is to teach us to put God first in every area of your life. And do not kid yourself. If you're not tithing, then God's not first in your finances. And he's not first in your life. You know, if, if you're not tithing and you drive around in a car... You're driving a stolen car. If you're, if, you're, you know, if you're a believer and you're not tithing and you live in a house, you live in an apartment, you've stolen that. You know, because God's not first. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, where you put your money, that's where your heart is. That's what he said. Where you put your money, that's where your heart is. You know, I don't know, I'm sure some of you parents remember doing this. Christmas is coming up. I can remember uh, Janet and I doing this with Lydia and Christopher when they're, when they're little. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, but we all do this, right? We would give them some money, 
and they would go with the other parent to buy the other one, you know, the other parent that they weren't with, some gifts for Christmas. How I many of you do something like that, right? We, we, that's kind of common. We all do that at Christmas time. And so maybe, you know, they would go and, and uh, buy with, with Janet and they would get me some socks, you know, or they would, you know, uh, go with me and we get Janet, you know, some slippers or a robe or whatever. But as parents, right, Janet and I always got great joy of seeing what they bought us with what? Our money. I know it's crazy, right? But that's what we do. We all do that, right? Now, obviously, if we wanted to, I could have just went to the store and bought my own socks. Janet could have bought her own slippers, you know, soap on a rope, whatever it was, you know. We could have done that because it was our money in the first place. But as parents, we got great, great joy watching our children take what wasn't theirs in the first place and spend it on us. And then it gets really frustrating when they get older and they take our money and they spend it on themselves. No, I'm just saying, anyway, that's great. No, but, you know, but that, that's exactly what God does, right? Listen, God doesn't need your giving, but what does it do? It brings him great joy. When you return a portion of it back to him, it was his in the first place. When we use all of his resources, when we manage it, when we give back out of gratitude as a reminder that God just put us on this earth in the first place. And tithing is just a minimum standard. That's all it is. Biblically, we are called to sacrificial, generous giving. You see, I really believe that if you would ever get this, it would revolutionize your life. Because you live life with a purpose. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself starting to ask yourself questions like this. God, how is it that you want me to leverage this job that you've given me? I know I have it for a reason and for a season. And so how can I use it for you? God, how can I use, you know, what what would be the best use of my time? God, how can I make the best use of this money that you've entrusted me with? God, you've given me this ability this talent? How can I use it for your glory? God, I happen to live in this neighborhood and you know, I, I do life with this group of people. I, how could I use it for your kingdom? How could I leverage it for you? God, I can bake. I can sew. I have a lawnmower. I have a car. I go to a gym. My kids go to this school. We're on this ball team. I can read. I can build things. I have mechanical things. Don't you see? I mean, I could just keep going and going and going because the possibilities are unending because God owns everything. You are just his manager. You're just the steward. And you see, generous people, people who live their lives with open hands and open hearts, they get this. The problem is, is we start acting and thinking and behaving like we're the owners. And we're not. You know, if if you just began this day going, God, today is your day. This is your money. These are your possessions, your gifts, your abilities. And today, I will be given opportunities and experiences, and I will do life, and I will come into relationships with people. God, how could I use all of it for your good and your glory? open my eyes and open my hearts just to see what you've given me. And God, 
You've saved me. You've given me Jesus. How could I share him with the world around me? But you see, a whole lot of people never get this. And they think the hope of the world is in the American dream or a political party or the next president. And it's not. And you see the hopelessness of this world. You see the hurt and the pain in this world. And people are just busily trying to day by day eke out an an existence, just living for themselves. And they never see it. Now maybe, just maybe, once a week they come to church. Maybe they donate a little bit of their time. They give a little bit in the offering plate. Listen, it's, it's possible to do those things and still not get this. None of it is yours in the first place. You see, giving to God being in relationship in a church, getting involved in ministry, serving others by ser- you know, serving God. You're not fulfilling some heavenly checklist. See, when you think about it, it's your privilege. It's your privilege to do those things. Your purpose is understanding that you and I own nothing. We're just furthering God's sovereign plan. We're just a part of his plan and, and we're, we're here to further his kingdom. We're to, giving, we're to give him glory. He's just, he's just letting me enjoy it, use it, have fun with it for the 70, 80, maybe 90 years I'm here on this earth, but he's the source and it all comes from him. And one day, one day, we will all stand before him and give an account for how we used it. That's why I'm talking about stewardship today. You see, the foundation, the rock-solid foundation of, you know, to make it through the financial storm that you're in, is to understand, first and foremost, that he is the owner. He owns it all. And we're just his managers. I don't want you to waste one more day of your life. And this is why this is so important. One day, One day this will all end. You will stand before God and you will give an account basically for two things. One is, and it's the most important one, what did you do with Jesus? That's God's gift, His Son, the Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And you'll stand before God and what did you do with Jesus? Now, the right answer, the correct answer is, I put my faith and trust in him and him alone. I humbled myself and I asked him to come into my life to save me from my sin because I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And the blood of Christ covers me. And if you've done that, when God looks at you, because heaven's a perfect place and only perfect people get to go there. God's going to look at you. If you put your faith in him, you know what he's going to say? He's going to look at you and he's going to go, perfect. I see Jesus. And then, once that's settled, once we've answered that question and we have a home in heaven forever, the rewards that we will see in heaven, the blessings that we will get in heaven are based on the next question. What did you do with all my stuff? 
How did you manage it? Did you have an open hand? Did you understand that the earth and everything in it belongs to God? Wasn't your time, your job, your car, your home, your money. It was all God's. How did you leverage it? How did you use it for his glory and his good and his kingdom? That's how you're going to be rewarded in heaven. See, this is a big deal. This is a big issue. I don't want you to get out of debt so you can have more of the American dream and still your, your, your life be built on the shifting sand of this culture because it's not going to last. But today, today, you can answer that first question correctly. You can settle that first question, settle that for good. You can do that now. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this earth and all the good gifts that you have blessed us with. Sometimes we forget all that we have. Sometimes we, uh, we forget that we're, we're not the owner. Um, God, help us to manage what you've given us well. Help us to look at our very lives, our very existence, our gifts, our talents, our time, everything as yours, not ours. And how can we use it today for your good and your glory? And listen, today, why not settle that first question? What are you going to do with Jesus? He never claimed to be a good man, a great teacher, uh, a healer. He claimed to be the Savior, the Son of God, the one sent from heaven to pay for our sin. Today you can come home to him. He is not a self-improvement plan. He is not religion. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know him and be known. Today you can come home. You know, you don't have to clean up your life. You don't have to fix yourself before you come to God. He loves you just the way you are. He made you. He created you. He knows everything about you. Today you can come home. It, it is as simple and yet as beautiful and as wonderful as a prayer. Pour out your heart to him right now and say, God, I love you. As much as I know how, as much as I understand today, accept my small amount of faith. That's all it takes, just a little amount of faith. I believe, God, I do. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died on that cross for me and my sin. And I believe that death and sin in this world could not contain him. And he rose from the dead and he is alive. And I put all my trust, all of my faith in him and him alone. And for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow him. In fact, I want to, I want to do more of what we talked about today, God. I want to see my very life as, as yours. Everything that you've given me, God, I want to use it for your glory and for your good. Leverage it for the kingdom, your kingdom, not mine. Father, we do love you. And I pray for this church. I pray for those who are in financial trouble and 
financial pain and difficulty. And I pray, God, maybe, just maybe, they need to get back to this first foundational issue. Not live as owners, but live as managers and recognize that it all comes from you. If we'll get that, then we can move forward and take these next steps. Live within our means. Be content. Give generously and faithfully. Save for tomorrow and leverage all that we have for your kingdom. We love you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.